Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 3, Episode 3, called The Survivors. And they're going to make it. They will not give up. <laughs> is that the lyrics of Destiny's Child song? I think it is. I'm a survivor. It's been a long time. I'm gonna make it. Na 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 na. Keep on surviving. Something like that. <laughs> Better than I could have done. Give you that one. I'll be honest. The only reason why I even remember that much is because I heard that, like the remix of it a lot in the uh, trailer for the new Tomb Raider movie when it was coming out. I saw that trailer a few times, and they had like a uh, okay. they had like an epic trailer version for that. Of course they did. Uh, I do like this trend though of having epic versions of songs and trailers. I'm I'm okay. Even even the Candyman movie that's coming out just got a trailer and it had uh, if I was an old Disney show, so I think it was funnily enough. Uh, really? And that and that yeah. Uh, say my name. That's a Disney show thing, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, because all the time with Candyman, we see his name five times in the mirror. That's when he appears. So it, it, it's thematically linked. Okay, sure. Um, can't say I've ever seen a Candyman movie or this trailer yet. Uh, trailer looks alright. Trailer looks alright. Anyway, yeah, Star Trek: Next Generation. Uh, Survivors is the third episode of the season. Uh, obviously, we'll start spoiler free as we always do. Uh, no, we won't. What am I talking about? Full spoilers. Yeah, full spoilers. I mean, I say full spoilers. Uh, you, because we spent thirty seconds talking about a movie trailer, and, and you just completely switch gears. I get so distracted talking about something because I usually say that right after I say you know what the episode is, and we went into such a tangent. That I'd forgotten what show we were doing when I came back and said the wrong thing. I'll, I'll be honest, not a promising sign for the uh, the episode itself. If that's how long we lasted before tanging. <laughs> well, to be fair, it was a joke based on the title. It was not really about the the quality of the episode. Uh, the premise of this episode is that there's this uh, old couple in a house that's mysteriously still standing, despite the fact that the planet they were on uh, was completely destroyed by an alien race at some point and the enterprise are here because they've picked up a distress signal they come in they think this is weird and Riker and the team beam down to go and greet uh, whoever's here because they only know it's too late forms they don't even know it's a couple yet uh, and sure enough we get this older couple in their 80s and uh, the woman's named Bashan the man is named Kevin and but there's some mysterious going on as the episode goes on they don't want to leave especially the husband and they sort of say okay we can't make you and we go back up but then this this ship appears and tries to attack the enterprise and it's kind of a weird encounter where they don't really it doesn't fire kind of strong enough to really do any damage the enterprise chase it but ultimately they lose it so they decide to turn back and then from there they keep trying to go down and talk to the old couple uh, meanwhile troy having some weird crisis with a, a, a music uh playing in her head uh, more on that in a bit Ultimately, though, Picard is suspicious that something's going on and thinks that the couple on the planet are behind whatever is happening in the weird occurrences and there's something to the history of to, as to why they survived this attack uh, when no one else in the colony, which was, we hear about 11,000 people, uh, died and it's just these two remaining. So uh, that is the premise of the episode. Connor, how did you feel about the survivors? It's It's not great. It's not great. I never want to hear that music box piece of music ever again because... If I do, I will just see Troy's face in, in somewhat pain. <laughs> and yeah, that, that side of things was really rough. Her, her subplot was, was pretty laughably bad. There was a moment 
uh, early on after the first because it starts happening from when it's like Riker or someone uh, on the on the planet when they're speaking to the couple pick up this music box and then sort of Troy starts hearing this in her head and it never goes away but it's after they come back up and they're sort of debating okay what's really going on here why is why is this couple still alive did did they do something nasty did they make a deal with the alien race and that's why they're still alive and the entire time Troy's just sitting there with this music in her head and there's one moment where there's this like sort of dramatic shot where all, all the audio of the others talking is sort of drowned out and she's just staring at his space and this tune's playing in her head and it's pretty it was, it was really funny not in a good it, way it, not in an intentional it, way it was that and then she was back in a room yelling into into the mirror going make it stop make it stop i was worse later on when we cut back to her and like like uh crusher comes in and sees her and she's like ah it's too much i can't stop it someone stop it for me the acting from her was uh rough this episode i will say that um I wouldn't be as harsh on the rest of it, though. I actually think there's a couple of interesting elements to the rest of it. No, I don't disagree with that. There are interesting elements, interesting ideas. I don't think it really comes together to be that compelling to watch. I think there's an interesting, bittersweet tone to the ending uh, when we find out what actually happened. I mean, I, I think conceptually there's some cool stuff going on where essentially what we find out by the end of the episode is that the, the woman's fake. Uh, the the man is the only one who survived and he survived because he is like he's got this like sort of strict pacifist uh sort of moral compass where he will not kill he will not help fight but he's actually not a human he's been pretending to be a human for the last like 50 plus years that he was married to this woman he's actually part of an ancient race that's really powerful you know one of these godlike beings that star trek's like to encounter but to his credit i like i thought this was it didn't feel like one of those episodes really like, even though he kind of turned out to be that, it never really felt like one of those episodes to me. He he was one of those godlike beings, but it wasn't a godlike being episode. Yeah. Uh, in fact, to the point where when he revealed what he was, I was actually like, oh. And then as he talked about what had happened, I actually got... I, I, thought, I, I thought the actual revelation was cool because he basically describes that he refused to fight and his wife, wanting to stand with everyone else who was fighting, went off and died with them. And this this godlike being, this guy, uh, Kevin, is so powerful that, and he's never killed anything before, and he's never killed anything since, but he has this guilt because he got into such a rage when his wife died that he wiped out this alien race. And, you know, Picard and Crusher are trying to like, console him and say, well, I mean, you, 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 know, you fought back against people who attacked you, I and mean, you shouldn't necessarily beat yourself up for that. You, know, you don't understand. I didn't kill the, the, the ship that attacked. I wiped out their entire race. They're gone. The women and the children too. Yes. <laughs> wow. I'm so glad I snuck that under without you noticing. <laughs> that that was a that was a, a a quote of the 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 master Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> See, there's a reason. I, I, there's a reason why I'm that never. Surprised you didn't get that. Uh, well, because I don't remember trash. So yeah, but this was this is one of those meme lines that went everywhere. Is it? it, it, it this was like the sand. This was after he kills all the, the all, all the Tuscans, and he's all yo the the really bad angry acting. Okay, it, it's that bit. Well, you mean to say this old man wasn't doing a good job of the acting? Did you thought he was too? No, hard? his acting was fine. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I just thought it was interesting. This idea that he's got this guilt because he's never, he's got this like harsh no killing policy, but he did kind of snap and, and did it once. And 
it was like and this is why he can't kill because he can literally wipe out an entire race just like that and you know the house and everything that obviously the wife there the ship that was attacking the enterprise they're all fake they're all just like him doing it now they, they can be real in the sense that they are physical you can touch them you can you know like you know the ship the second time it shows up does actually attack the enterprise with enough power to actually hit it um, and Picard sort of is suspicious. He goes back down to see them again to test them, and he basically says, "You know, we're never, we're not going to ever leave and stop protecting you unless you're dead. As long as you're alive, we're still going to be here." And sure enough, the very next thing that happens is that the ship seemingly kills them, and it's like, "No, no." So he, all he's done is like fill the conditions of what Picard just said, so they'll go away and leave him alone. It's all a ruse. So Picard beams him back up and kind of like forcibly, because because you know, there's a moment here where Data is like. Uh, you know, when Picard gives the order to beam them, just directly to the bridge, you know, we're not going to like go down and talk to them again, just beam them to the bridge. And Data says, well, they may not like that very much. And he's like, and Picard's just like, well, let let them be upset about that. It's fine. And Data well, looks kind of concerned. Like yeah. Uh, so, I actually, I quite like the ending, you know, because they beam them back down to the planet because there's nothing else they can do with them. Picard's basically like, well, we don't really have a law for what you did because we can't fathom that anyone can do it. Like, there's no specific law that says you can't snap your fingers and wipe out a race because no being that we govern is capable of that. So it's not a... It, I mean, it's still genocide. Well, yeah, but how do you lock this guy up? Well, how, how do you tr- try him? What do you try him for, exactly? You could try... You know, you could try him for the you know the, the death of a species. And... But here's the thing, given all of his terrible guilt that he's going with, I think he'd probably go along with it and let himself be locked up as, like, penance. I, I, that's kind of the impression I get. Because he's kind of just in self-isolation down here anyway. Yeah, he's already kind of in his own personal prison. Like, there's the... You know, him having to live out with, like, this fake version of his wife is already kind of self-punishment. Well, I, no, it is, but I, what I think is kind of went from Picard's point of view, if, if this is, you know, me there, I'm going, okay... If you put it through a trial and go through, okay, this is the sentence, and he goes along with this and, and sits through it, uh, maybe he actually gets a sense of atonement out of serving the sentence that is passed upon him, not just some self-imposed well, yeah, exile. But this is the thing. He's this godlike being of this ancient race, and like ultimately, he can basically alter reality around him as much as he wants. He can give himself whatever he wants. Like No imprisonment's yeah. really going to be that much of a punishment. He can just... And Picard's decision to leave him alone, because that's the final line of the episode, he says, the only thing that we can really do is just leave him, leave him alone and never go back, is because he really shouldn't be interacting with people of our... Uh, you know, or not even, I don't even just mean humans here, I just mean like of any kind of like sentient being of our level that are all interacting with each other because he's like, if anyone, if he does ever get upset again, if he ever for some reason does like lose control again, then we're better off all just being away from him. We're better off just having him not have any kind of connection to the rest of the world because yeah, so it's because it's clearly because you know, let's say, okay, he's willing to go to prison, he's willing to stand trial, he's willing to do all this. You know, what if he does eventually get upset at someone and gets, you know, accidentally wipes out human beings and a click of a finger? No, I, I get where you're coming from. I just, just, just felt weird not to even try to me. Nah, I actually kind of liked that part. For, to me, that made it more interesting. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. So, yeah. 
Nah, I like that part of the episode. Uh, and I, I kind of liked it more and more as it went on as Picard was starting to like sense what was going on. He was trying to put two and two together. And he was trying. He was starting to like test them a little bit. I like that half. The first half's a little bit tougher to get through because it's it's kind of a all the choice stuff of her like going oh the music is there, but also because like you know at first when they go down to the planet and they're trying to talk to him for the first time, it's uh. It's a little bit of, okay, well, here's our guest stars. We're going to go down and talk to them. It's a little bit of that sort of tropey Star Trek stuff. Mm. Uh, but it did get more interesting as it went on. I'll, I will say this, though. A couple of good laughs from Worf this episode. Uh, there's a moment where he's down there with Picard and the wife, uh, Bashan, insists on making them tea. And Worf takes a sip of the tea and he, he has this look of disgust in his face. Like he's, he's struggling to swallow it. He's really not enjoying it. And Bashan's like, oh, Mr. Worf, uh, enjoying that? He's, he's like, Mm, yes, uh, good tea. Nice house. <laughs> I liked a bit early on as well with him, uh, with, with Kevin. Where Kevin's pointing a gun at them out in, in the garden. They've yeah. got Riker in a trap. And and when they come in, Wolf is like, oh yeah, I know it was a, a fake gun. And he, he calls it, what, what is it he describes as? Is it, certain... Well, I don't know what he describes the gun as, but he says he's got the gall of doing this. The goal. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the gall. That's why I couldn't remember the, the, the exact phrase that he used. And, uh, and Kevin looks really unsettled and he's like, it's all right, I like goal. Yeah, he appreciates goal. Actually, there was a moment before this, you when, uh, first of all, I laugh when Riker, because it's basically like a, you know, it's a foot trap where the, you know, you got, the ring sort of pulls you upside down, whatever you call it. Yeah. Uh, um, and I actually laugh because when Riker gets pulled up for this, he actually hits the pole that's holding the, you know, the rope or whatever. And it was his back. And I went, oh God, I hope that was a stuntman because uh, Freak's back can't take that. Uh <laughs> And the other thing that uh, kind of gave me a chuckle here is when Riker's you know hanging upside down and and Kevin's there pointing his like fake phaser at him, and at one point uh, Worf just reminded me of Amos from the Expanse where he just he just said to Riker, "Shall I incapacitate him?" <laughs> He's like, "No, no, no, no incapacitation. We're fine. We're fine. You know, we're we're getting to know let each me, other." Let me deal with this. <laughs> was, I can see where you're coming from. It was just it was the way he asked, "Shall I incapacitate him?" He was just ready to put him down. I was like, "Oh, that was a very Amos way of asking." Um, and I realized that Star Trek nerds who maybe also like the Expanse are like yelling at the screen like, no, this was first. And I know it's first, but I experienced Expanse first. So this is making me think of Amos. I, I had never looked at Amos as inspired by Worf before. <laughs> there's like a little, a little nugget I, there. I'm, I'm starting to see a little bit. Yeah. Maybe there's more as we go on. A little bit. Uh, so I, <laughs> Amos is just a Klingon in disguise. <laughs> That's all he is. <laughs> I can get behind that. Oh dear, uh, but no, I so no, I, I mean, I'm actually more positive in this episode than you are. I think it's not. I mean, it's not a standout. I, I do think it, it kind of suffers from you know some pacing issues. It, it doesn't come out feeling ultra special because it is kind of uneven as it goes through. But by the time Picard was putting things together and then the ending, and sort of finally the explanation of why he's guilty and what he's done, I found that like really interesting stuff in terms of the ideas, in terms of uh like you know him losing his control and just how much devastation that's caused yeah he, he has to live with the fact that he wiped out an entire race and what that means like because i mean are they all like this you know attacking planets or was that just like a faction of these people and like he's he's essentially wiped out millions but i think it says billions he says is, is eleven thousand lives worth like 80 billion or something like that he says it's like a, it was a huge yeah. number I'm it sure. was a lot i don't yeah. recall what it was but it was a lot yeah uh far more than there is humans today put it that way uh, yeah. uh no i i liked that stuff in the episode as well like yeah picard putting it together was oh, this is all right um and then the 
that like, like five-ish minute section towards the end of okay, this is what this guy actually is and what he's done. I did like that. Um, let's say I felt like the the actual resolution at the end with, with the card just being like, oh well, just leave him. Like I found a little bit lacking personally. You obviously like that. Um, mm. I think that's. I think up until that point though, we kind of agree with most of the rest of the episode that you know first half is a bit more. Yeah, there's some some enjoyable little moments in there. Uh, some laughably bad with Troy. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, basically because he, he, he fixes her first before he goes back down. Of course, he goes and like sort of says she's fine now. I've taken the music from her mind. I didn't realize that would happen. It'll never happen again. So he he didn't intentionally do this to her. It was kind of like a byproduct of what he does with his yeah. power. Uh, but she's uh. <laughs> And she tries to like hide it as well. I love actually because uh, she she has to be let to go to her room because she's not feeling very well. And we see her on her own, like in front of the mirror, and she's like, she's like, stop it, stop it, like pulling out her hair almost. And like the the door like goes, and she's like, okay, just a minute. And she like fixes her hair a little bit. So like, come in. And Picard comes out. And is like, uh, I, I wonder if I could be of assistance, uh, counselor. And she's like, oh, I'm fine, just a little bit tired. That's all. And Picard just says, almost just like makes her job look stupid by saying, you know, I may not have your empath abilities, but I can tell when someone's uh, hurt or in pain and hiding it. And I thought, yeah, why do we have her? Why do we need her? <laughs> because clearly, clearly we can all do this. I think we are yet to find an episode where she is useful. No, no, we had one. I'm sure we did. We had one? Yeah, because I remember pointing out, I remember saying this was the first time her power was useful. Okay, fair enough. We've had one. In... I, w- I want to say it might be the one where the aliens kidnapped Jordy. It may have been that one where she she could sense that they were up to something or something like that. But there, there was one. There was one where she definitely sensed something that was useful. Okay, fair enough. So one in about 45. <laughs> like, I'm not saying it's a great number. I'm just saying there was at least one time where we said, no, that was useful. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll let her have one. So anyway... Uh, so yeah, okay. Episode. Uh, I I I thought. Uh, I mean, there's been no standouts in season three yet. I will say the sort of if this is this kind of the sort of the the typical generic episode sort of quality, we do feel like we're kind of gliding a little bit upwards in terms of you know, compare this to some of the early season one episodes. Uh, these last couple. Yeah, it doesn't feel significantly better than a majority of season two, though, as of right now. Sure. Sure. But uh, compared to season one stuff, definitely, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, uh, but speaking of season three, what's coming next time? The episode is called "Who Watches the Watchers," <laughs> not the Watchmen, the Watchers. Although interestingly, this would have been right after, more or less, it that book. In like two or three years. Right? I wonder if the writers were inspired by uh, Watchmen for that title. Well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, so here's the description on IMDb. A proto-Vulcan culture worships Captain Picard and prepares to offer Counselor Troy as a sacrifice. That sounds great. <laughs> oh, do it. Go through with it. <laughs> There's so much to process with that description. Uh, Proto-Vulcan culture worships Captain Picard and wants to sacrifice Troy. I, I they see the same flaws we do. Yeah. Uh, most excited. Most excited. Oh, yeah, we got some pointy years in this next episode. Uh, one of the recent Picard episodes, uh, some Romulans referred to as a human as as a, as a round ears, <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Uh, I've I've heard that done uh, before in something else. Maybe I've read it in something. It was oh uh, sure. I, was... I couldn't no, I couldn't tell you exactly what it was, but it was whatever whatever it was had elves. 
Mm. And at the elves referred to the, the humans as, as as rounders. But it made me think though, like, how do you feel about Vulcans then? Because they still have the point of years. Like, you know, what's your stance there exactly? Yeah, because like... what if I recall, they are have a have a common ancestor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is because yeah. Picard largely is dealing with the mystery of the Romulans uh, and why they fear synthetics. That's a big part of the the story. So, mm, fair enough. Yeah, so little idea. Romulans or anti-Dea. Yeah, I mean, they're terrible people, I'm sure. <laughs> there's actually, there's some big theories, because you're not watching Picard, because you, you felt it was too much of a sequel to things, right? But what's mm. funny, and then this may not be true, but there's a lot of theorizing right now that whatever the big mystery is going to be is somehow going to link into what Discovery was doing. And if it does, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> because it'll be relevant to stuff you've watched but you wouldn't have actually seen the the payoff yeah. for it honestly from from people i've spoke to about it i i feel like for me personally i made the right decision yeah very possible i i mean i mean i'm enjoying a lot of the ideas in picard some of the writing's been a bit in the sloppy side uh i mean mm. this last episode specifically there was a there was like two scenes that were just like did cw writers come in and like do that scene like that's that is damning criticism uh, like just these weird like like menace and villain monologues with each other and <laughs> i saw uh james post in our group earlier that he, he said uh picard was the the last jedi of of the uh, of the trek franchise and i have no idea what he means exactly by that but i'm gonna have to pick his brain because i'm intrigued as someone who's watching picard i'm not entirely sure what i get by that either uh Certainly in terms of how it's structured or how it's doing its plot, I don't think it is. Maybe he means in terms of changing things that maybe the fan base might be upset about, perhaps, but... Maybe, yeah. Uh, he, he might mean something to do with thematic stuff going on. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Picard... I mean, the future that's in Picard now, the, 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 the Federation is no longer this utopia that, you know, was promised in the rest of the series. Like, things are things have went... taken out a turn for the worst. In that case, I suspect that's exactly what he's talking about. So, in so, the idea that it kind of flipped a lot of the standard franchise rules on its head. Do, do you remember when uh, we were like shocked when Telly dropped an F-bomb? Someone drops an F-bomb in front of Picard, and it was like, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> it was like, someone, someone just, there was like a jolt to the heart. It was unexpected. I'm, I'm sure I'll watch it one day when uh, when we've watched like pretty much everything else. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think you have to watch Enterprise before you watch Picard. I feel like once you've done with Voyager, you can... Cause, yeah, cause, probably. Because Enterprise yeah. is set before, obviously. Yeah, yeah. The other stuff. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, that was a bit of a tangent at the end. But yes, uh, check out our Picard reviews. Me and Tara review Picard uh, every week right now as it's airing. Um, Tara gives it a 10, and then I tell her why it's not a 10, and then... Uh... <laughs> she, she is really adamant not to say anything bad on, uh, on camera about Trek, isn't she? No, she'll admit what's not working, but then she'll say it's still a 10. <laughs> so that's 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 how those reviews go but you can, you can go uh go check that out uh but yeah uh, that has been our episode three review of star trek the next generation uh so we'll be back next time with episode four thank you very much for 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 joining us you can of course let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below like subscribe all that usual stuff get us on the twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates rate the podcast on apple podcast uh, give us five stars helps more people find us that kind of thing you can support everything we do uh, financially over at patreon.com slash TV. 
for as little as one dollar per month five dollars a month does get you early access to a bunch of stuff including these star trek reviews you get to be a week ahead of everyone else uh but otherwise uh, go and have a look and see if any of other stuff there tickles your fancy and uh check out more of our content um also worth mentioning the science fiction movie podcast uh, that, that i do with tara uh, where we do sci-fi movies might be relevant to your interest if you like star trek uh, as as our twilight zone reviews may also be of interest given it's an old sci-fi tv show uh but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching star trek guys remember when it comes to the ladies wesley crusher is in complete control <laughs>